It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. That's you. That's me. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special edition of the Stock Car Show. Not that they aren't all special, but it's always a little more special when we get to get outside of our Race City USA PMN studios and go down the road and visit our fine friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. And that is exactly where we are on this very evening. We have some special guest drivers. We're going to do a safety seminar coming up at uh, the top of the 8 o'clock hour uh, top of our second hour as we air this live, and uh, that will be aired but via live stream on both the Race Chaser online Facebook page and the HMS Motorsport Facebook page. That's coming up at 8 o'clock Eastern time tonight, um, and uh, it will obviously remain there afterward for people. If you uh, can't make the live stream, just uh, watch it later. But uh, certainly happy to be on hand at HMS Motorsport again, have uh, Jacob Seelman next to me, the managing editor of RacechaserOnline.com. We are joined via the Skype line by Cisco Scaramuza and Rents Brown as well. And we've got uh, a few drivers on hand here tonight. We're going to be talking to Harrison Burton in just yeah, a moment. He, he's a troublemaker. Yeah, we've got, <laughs> we're going to be talking to Harrison. We've got Tyler Dayton uh, going to be talking with him as well. And we've got Roy and Stanley Hayes, uh, two local drivers trying to advance up the ladder, as is Tyler Dayton and really Harrison Burton as well. But Harrison's a little farther up. Uh, we'll talk with all of them uh, coming up momentarily. But first, Jacob and crew, we have uh, we've had so much news this week. News, um, news, news, I want to start just for a moment, though, with what you got on your screen right there, because Indeed, we've got senor. ARCA stuff ARCA. going on at uh, Chicagoland. So. That team that Harrison won for earlier this season is doing pretty well. There's a tie-in for you. MDM Motorsports is on the that pole. That was clever. Yeah, it was clever. We're, we're good at this. We're really good at this. Brandon Jones in the number eight entry for MDM on the pole alongside Ty Majeski. The Scott 150 airing later tonight at Chicagoland Speedway. I believe that's on FS1, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. I think it is. Uh, it is. Entire pole qualifying going on. Actually, it's went finished. on. It's went on. Yeah. It's done. It's yep. done. They're on the pole officially. Points leader Austin Terrio going to start seventh for this one, and Christopher Bell in a Venturini car, eleventh. He's doing double duty tonight and tomorrow. Also going to run the truck. See Kyle race. Benjamin there too. Kyle and, uh, is eighth. Yeah, Kyle's eighth. Austin Terrio, the points leader. I just, I did just say that. Shane Lee, <laughs> who uh, should have had a win a couple weeks ago until uh, somebody got in the back end of him. And uh, you know what they say, should have, would have, could have, didn't. didn't. Yeah, but <laughs> who knows? Tonight could be the night and Sheldon Creed, the yes. uh, gentleman who made contact with the aforementioned Shane Lee. is another in MDM the car. In the MDM car anyway. So we got uh, that going on, and we've had some news on the newswire. I want to concentrate on what came out today because kind of interesting stuff for me. Um, you know, with William Byron obviously moving up to Cup that left a vacancy at Junior Indian Motorsports, Motorsports yep. for someone to fill, and that someone has now been revealed. It is none other than Tyler Reddick. A bit of a surprise to me because I had sort of thought he may stay in the Ganassi uh, development chain, if you will. But a full-time opportunity with Junior Motorsports is certainly a great one. Well, and see, that's the problem. At the end of the day, unless Brennan Poole was going away, 
there was no full-time opportunity for Tyler Reddick to stay at Chip Ganassi Racing unless they were going to create a third car, which through multiple sources that I talked to the last month or so in the garage area told me point blank that was not going to happen. It was not in the cards at Ganassi. They're not going to kick Kyle Larson out for the races that he's able to run, and Tyler wanted to run for the championship. So this was the best move to try and further his career. And what better way, Rents, than to sign with right now the premier team in the series in junior motorsports i like this move i like tyler's chances and let's be clear yes he only has three top tens on the stat sheet this year but he's had a lot of bad luck this year a lot of crashes not of his own making yep. and he's been running in the top 10 a bunch i just feel like the the box score doesn't show his true potential and what he's really been capable of well, I mean, since he came into the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, you have to think about the fact that he was so close there, too. The guy has a lot of yeah. talent. He just hasn't had the opportunity to really showcase it, and luck really hasn't been on his side. And the fact that he's running that 42 car as well as he has been are signs that, you know, he can run in the Xfinity Series. Keep in mind the fact, too, he's with probably, arguably, the best team in the Xfinity Series that runs full-time for the championship. That nine car, which... You, you know, won with Chase Elliott before, and now it looks like William Byron's on pace to win the championship, Tom. I think Tyler Reddick has a lot going for him going forward. I think he's a guy that you have to look for for the championship efforts because right now Elliott Sadler's your points leader. Justin Allgaier won a race this year. That team is hot, and if you put the right pieces together, you might wind up in victory lane one or two times next season. Yeah, that could very well happen. Uh, I think there's a very good chance of that happening. No number... No sponsor announced, no crew chief yet. announced yet. Uh, that is all forthcoming, so we do not know if it will remain the number nine or not, Cisco. But uh, certainly a good opportunity for Tyler and quick resolution to the opening at Junior Motorsports for next year. Oh, absolutely. And also you have to consider the fact that Tyler's picked up three wins in his NASCAR Camping World Truck Series career as well as a win in the KNE Series. So, I mean, this is this is a guy, as Ren said, a guy who's run to a lot of bad luck, just hasn't had things go the way this is. There's no better option than to hop in what is one of, if not the most competitive car in that series, go out there for a championship. That that's just that's just screaming money to me right there. Well, not only that, Cisco, but what it comes down to in my, in my opinion, is not only a great opportunity for Tyler as far as getting a full-time shot in the Xfinity Series, but, Tom, you and I were discussing this earlier, it could, not saying will, but it could very well be the resolution that Hendrick Motorsports is looking for long-term. If Tyler can reach some of that potential that I believe he has in the Xfinity Series, there could be your answer in the Hendrick Pipeline for what happens post-Jimmy Johnson. Hmm. Well, it's an intriguing thought for sure. I mean, you would it would certainly probably be fair to say that of all the drivers that will be in their pipeline next year, at this moment, he would be the leading candidate because you know that Elliot Sadler is not, not going to be filling that role, and you wouldn't think that Justin Allgaier likely would either and Michael Annette. Um, I don't know that he's shown quite enough in Xfinity to warrant that sort of a thing, at least just yet. So you've got a, mm -hmm. a, an opportunity here for Tyler to prove that he could earn that kind of an opportunity in a few years. Absolutely. If Jimmy even decides to retire at the end of his next contract, we don't know that that's going to happen. So I think it's a little early to speculate. Well, I got the feeling when I was talking to him at the playoff media day 
Wednesday at the NASCAR Hall of Fame that that was likely to happen at the end of this 2020 expiration date on the contract, but we'll just have to wait and see. My vote is that, uh, you know, if, if you don't have anything else to add to that, Tom, that we get Harrison Burton on. I here want to sneak rats. one more quick thing in just a quick little okay. announcement here because it ties in HMS Motorsport, which of is course. where we are. Uh, one of their product lines is Schrote belt. Schrote is going to be on the side of Corey LaJoy's cup car at New Hampshire. Yes. Later this year. Yes, yes. And this will be the second time that um, HMS or one of one its of product lines yep. yeah, has, has been involved. Uh, they were at Bristol as well with HMS in the car. Now Schroep Belt's going to be sponsoring uh, Corey LaJoy at New Hampshire. We're really excited about that uh, and happy for all of the folks here at HMS Motorsport. We'll talk more about that as it gets closer. We bring in Harrison Burton here because – Harrison has been um, doing work this year, both in the K and N series and also uh, in the truck in the truck series as well. Welcome back to the show, Harrison. Always happy to have you back. Yeah, it's always fun to be on. Uh, I'm good at talking to myself. So <laughs> <laughs> talking about yourself or talking to yourself yeah, it's or kind both. Of a mix of both. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, he gets lost in his head a lot, so I, I think sometimes <laughs> I he just forgets feeling. the rest of us are here. <laughs> All right. So Tom mentioned it. Let's just get right down to the nitty gritty because that that guy that's been friends with you for a while, I guess, decided to stop being friendly because he took your points lead away. What the heck, Todd Gilliland? Oh, uh, well, you know what? We're here to we're here to compete. Right. And, exactly. Um, and we're friends and off the racetrack. But on the racetrack, we're we're rivals. And that's kind of fun. Right. Um, and he's kind of been uh, kicking our butts the last few weeks and he's been on a tear. But. We're ready to end it. We're ready to go to New Jersey and, and put an end to it, whatever it takes. Uh, we're there to win that race. And you do that first thing in the morning, right? Flying out Friday morning. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Got to go uh, Got to go uh, do some more work, as you guys would say. Now, walk me through this a little bit. I know you tested up in New Jersey, but it's kind of – I sit here and go – that's kind of counterintuitive when you hear Harrison Burton talking about ending a Todd Gilliland streak – at a road course, because we look at you and we don't think of you as being one of the top road course racers, but you showed a lot at Watkins Glen that I, you know, when I talked to you right after that, you did tell me, I mean, you guys weren't necessarily even expecting quite as much as you found, I don't think. Well, you know, I, uh, I always set high expectations for myself. I, I believe that, um, you know, if I put enough effort into it and I put enough work into it, I can be the best on the racetrack and, um, you know, going to Watkins Glen, I felt the same way. Uh, you know, I felt a little bit more confident about New Jersey than I did Watkins Glen. Um, I think that just comes from success at Watkins Glen, even though we had some adversity, uh, ill-handling race car in the beginning of the uh, race, got bad track position, had to pass back a few cars, and uh, almost got Todd, almost passed Todd on the last lap, but uh, he threw a block, <laughs> and so uh, I couldn't quite get around him. And um, you know, I feel like we made a good uh, comeback there, but. Um, yeah, I feel like we're an, I'm an underrated road course driver. I feel like I can go out and get it done at, at any time. So we got to beat a good one, Will Rogers, but uh, we're going to make it happen. Yeah, Will could be uh, an interesting piece to this puzzle in that race. And uh, we're going to talk more with Harrison Burton. We've got Roy and Stanley Hayes, Tyler Dayton to talk to as well. Of course, a big seminar coming up uh, shortly, safety seminar, uh, helmet safety, the topic tonight from HMS Motorsport. We will continue with more of the Stock Car Show live 
from HMS Motorsport in just a moment on the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. But I want walk 500 Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to a special edition of the Stock Car Show. We are live from HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Visit them online at hmsmotorsport.com. And we've got Harrison Burton with us. Uh, Harrison, definitely uh, an interesting time of year for you. You've had a big season in the K&N series. You've spent a little time in the trucks to this point in the season, are you satisfied with where you're at, or how do you feel about your season so far? Um, it's been a good season. Um, I don't. I'm not satisfied by any means. I want to win. Um, what do I got? I got six more. I want to win six more races. I got six Absolutely. more races to win. So I gotta. I gotta go out and I gotta do my job and 
Um, got two more K&N races, got a truck race, and got uh, two more super late model, or three more super late model races. So I was going to say, your math was a little faulty there yeah, for a second. Yeah, a little bit, but I got, it, <laughs> I got it sorted out. I'm not very good in math. <laughs> uh, well, that makes two of us, so I'm right there with you. I, I almost knew what was coming in that answer before he ever said it, because as a racer, you know, you can speak to this. You're never satisfied unless you're in victory lane at the end of the day, every day. And we've seen that out of you a lot this year, as good as the solid points days are, the seconds, thirds, fourths that you've had. I mean, I can see it in your face when the rears come on NBCSN. If you're not in victory lane, you've been, I don't want to say frustrated, but you want more. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think if you didn't, you're in the wrong sport. Our our goal every weekend is to go out and bring a trophy home, get our picture taken. And when you um, when you don't do that, you got to look at yourself in the mirror and you got to say, what do I need to do better? Um, you got to go out and, and try and do that better the next week. So, um, you know, you said I wasn't frustrated, but I am. I'll be honest, I'm a little frustrated when I don't win um, because I expect high things out of myself and my team, and and I know we're capable of it. So sometimes it is frustrating when you don't get in victory lane, but. Um, like you said, the, the point stays are good, but I want to win. What's the adaptation been like to the truck this year? Get, you know, you've been in the K and N car for almost two years now, but having the truck races and especially the one that sticks out in my head is the one that, uh, I walked down to your pit after the Eldora race and <laughs> that, that was, that, that was two parts fun. And I know two parts, what the heck was I thinking? Yeah, that that race is kind of something that I've never experienced anything like it before. On the uh, on the initial start, had no visibility because my windshield was caked in mud, and water temp was pushing about 260 because uh, <laughs> radiator was covered in mud. So, you know, we uh, we had a lot of things that we had to pit for a lot for that, and uh, water temp never came down. But yeah, I need to do a better job, honestly. Like I was not. I felt like I prepared as well as I could have for that race, but I wasn't prepared like I needed to be. Um, guys that had been on dirt before were, were wearing me out. So I uh, I struggled a lot that race. I felt like I I never gone to a racetrack and been like, I know I'm the problem. You know what I mean? Like, I know I've made mistakes and, and stuff like that, but I've never been like, I've never felt like this car is capable of, of winning probably. And I can't even get close to that. So that was something that was kind of eye-opening to me is um, not even being in the ballpark. It's not something I'm used to. Well, the biggest thing, too, here is the fact that you're so good, no matter what you get into, and you're so quick. As the championship kind of comes down to the conclusion here these next two weeks, your dad was in a similar situation about 17 years ago in the Cup Series running for a title. What sort of advice has he given you in terms of trying to keep your head on straight as you try to run down for a championship you know he um he's really good at pep talks and things like that and um after langley i was frustrated um probably the most mad i've ever been my whole life after langley uh finished seventh and kind of got moved around a little bit and todd had won and um that's not a good combination so i was saying some things i probably shouldn't be saying and and uh stuff like that but my dad, uh, you know, kind of rallied the troops and, and got us all together and said, look, the pass is a pass. We got to go and we got to win these next two races. And that's all we can do. We can only focus towards the front. And um, and he's right. You know, looking back on, on races behind you doesn't help you in any way. Uh, just trying to get better for the next ones is uh, the only thing you can do. From a truck series standpoint, you're getting a, a bit of a taste in what that form of racing is like. Talk about what that's been for you this year. 
Oh, it's been a challenge, honestly. Um, the, the trucks are way different than anything I ever did before. Um, not just aero wise, really. Um, you know, I'm I'm not really. I'm so young. I haven't been on any big tracks and or anything like that. So Iowa is like a big track for me, right? You guys call it a short track. That's a big track for me. Right. And um, experiencing the aero and stuff like that there is something that. Uh, I need to get used to and um, I need to do a better job of. I know I feel like I've learned a lot this year and I feel like I'm ready to ready to go for my last race in Martinsville. Uh, not as much arrow goes into play there, so I should be uh, I should be good to go there. And that's um, a racetrack where you've had a little bit of decent yes. success in the truck too. Yeah, for sure. We've had good runs going and, and had things that weren't, um, you know, I, I won't say not our fault, but weren't our direct doing. I feel like things that I did leading up to that, the instances where we got taken out uh, could have been different, but, um, you know, we've, we've been in contention to run top five. Uh, I feel like both times we were up there and, uh, just didn't fall our way so hopefully this way it falls our way and we can uh, finish top five or better and, and maybe even get a, a grandfather clock now there's been a lot of people talking about this and it got me thinking the other day too looking obviously you don't really look too hard at next year until you finish off the championship this year and see how that falls but have you started thinking about what you'd like to do for 2018 because i know the hardest part for you is the fact that you don't turn 18 till so late in the year it really isn't possible for you to run for a championship in the trucks do you run anything for points next year or just kind of put it together in a way that gets you as much exposure at some of the bigger levels as you can you know that's a good question because i don't think there's a right formula to that um it's it's kind of hard like i'm I'm sitting here and I got, I'm running out of time to figure it out, but I'm not hundred percent sure what I'm, I want to do next year. I don't know if I want to run for a championship. I don't know if I want to bounce around between K&N and ARCA and trucks. I'm not, I'm not real sure what I want to do. Uh, I know I can't run for a championship in trucks. Um, and really not in ARCA either. No, not in ARCA either. So the only thing I could do is go for a K&N championship. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure if I want to do that or not. Um, I felt motivated after last year. I, I had a, pretty bad year and i wanted i wanted to come back to her i wanted to go and kick some butt and, and win some races and i've won some races uh i got a championship still to win so hopefully we can um hopefully you know after i actually i remember at the banquet uh i had a seventh place trophy and i don't know where it is anymore but oh <laughs> but oh. uh no i was watching uh justin haley give a speech and and i wanted i wanted that to be me and hmm. so uh seventh i wasn't satisfied with and i, I wanted the big trophy so I want to. I want to go out and get it done. Now, looking ahead, also to Dover, and the fact that we tie into the Camping World Truck Series that both you and Todd both ran Dover this this year. What sort of things can you take into that race that you learned about the track going into the championship race? I mean, yeah, it's going to be the the fall time of the year. It's going to be cooler temperatures, and the track's going to be grippier. But what sort of things have you learned that you can take into that race since Dover is such a hard track to master? Yeah, that's uh, that's that's true. You know, it is. It's a it's a really tough racetrack, and you go in a truck, and you feel like you're going a million miles an hour compared to a K and N car. And uh, I feel like that'll help me just being able to step back, and, and I feel like I'll be able to push the car harder, knowing that I've I've been going around that place at faster speeds, and now I can step back in a K and N car. Like you see, Cup guys excel in Xfinity cars because they've been going so much faster in their uh, in their Cup cars, and they they uh, step back to Xfinity and, and can excel. So hopefully it's the same effect from truck to K and um, I feel like it'll be similar, but we just got to see. Has it been fun being able to race Todd, who's one of your 
really good friends off the track the way you have for the championship this year. I know somebody pointed it out uh, on Twitter after uh, the Thompson race earlier this year, how cleanly you guys raced against one another for the latter stage of that race. And it, even in the comments that you guys made in the media center after that one, it just seemed like uh, that was really the one that cemented it, how much respect you two have for each other, not just off the track, but on it as well. Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, Todd, I've raced Todd since I was a little kid uh, in quarter midgets. So, um, yeah, I've, I've kind of learned how Todd races. Todd has learned how I race, and, and we respect each other, I feel like. And it's been a lot of fun to race against him. He's he's a he's a really good race car driver, and um, he's a challenge to beat. You know, he wins in Canaan and East and West pretty uh, regularly, and, and that's hard to do. It's it's really hard to do. So um, he's a he's a talent, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm my job is to beat him. So... I got to do whatever I can do to beat him, and, and I feel like I, I'm talented enough to do it. I feel like um, I'm driven enough to do it. It's just a matter of going out and doing it. So uh, it's been fun, but I'd like to uh, – it's getting a little bit more serious now. Coming to the end, I'm I'm getting uh, more and more kind of focus mode, you know, like LeBron James playoff mode. <laughs> I hope that I hope I, I have a have a end of the season like LeBron would have. Are you two playing mind games with each other yet? Uh, no, it's kind of been radio silence, honestly. Uh, I haven't really heard from Todd in a little while, and Todd hasn't heard from me in a little while, but um, I think it's just kind of intensity, uh, competitiveness. I've been studying New Jersey film for the last five hours, probably. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm trying to learn, and I'm trying to, I'm running out of YouTube videos to look up on New Jersey. I've been watching like. <laughs> Mazda Miatas and Porsches out there, so I gotta find some new stuff. Spoken like a true kid, and let's all be honest, you're just a bigger little kid now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I act like a little kid. I, uh, I'm a little kid that, um, that kind of grew up a little bit, um, and is it's funny. It's like um, being as as young as we are, and, and having to be in mature situations. It's funny we end up being goofy still at the end of the day, you know. So. Uh, even in the, in the serious moments, I still like to mess around with Todd and, and he likes to mess around with me. So being a kid is important. You know, I'm, you're not a kid forever and you might as well enjoy it. <laughs> well, the thing is you're, you know, you're very natural and authentic, even with the way that you come across on social media, you've always been a very authentic personality. And th I think that's what people are really enjoying about you the most is it's obvious you're very humble and you're very well-spoken, but you, like you said, you're just still a sort of playful, goofy little kid who's sort of been put into this world where he has to, you know, act mature sometimes. Yeah. I, I have to act <laughs> mature sometimes. And, um, this past few, uh, this past week has been one of those times. Um, I, I'm probably not as goofy and lighthearted as I am normally in interviews right now, but, uh, that's because I'm tired. <laughs> I've, been, uh, I've been studying and I racing with uh, Jay Beasley and Chase Cabra and uh, Christian Eckes. I've been I racing in New Jersey for most of the day. And uh, that's called testing. That's called that's sim testing. Sim testing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I read Christian a few times. So that let off some good steam. <laughs> well, he probably would appreciate that you did it in the sim instead of in yeah, the real game. Really. Okay. So uh, have we talked him into being the helmet model yet? Oh, Are you going to stick know. around for the safety seminar? You know, um, I'm not sure. I got an ARCA race to, I might, I don't know. I'm trying to decide. Do I watch the ARCA race? Oh, we've got FS go here. Do we I can model? solve that problem. He's <laughs> bought me ice cream. So, oh man. So should I go, should do I just leave him for the ice cream to melt? Well, yeah, like, you don't want the, the ice cream to melt. That's what I'm saying. So I got, I got a heavy choice to make to be a, a either a model for helmets, which is pretty cool or go get ice cream. 
and watch an ass or uh, Arca race, which is pretty cool. Tell Christian to put the ice cream in the freezer. You'll put be over the, the while. Freezer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll leave that undetermined as we go to break. When we come back, more from HMS Motorsport here in Mooresville, North Carolina. You're listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Chase Cabry, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now, back to the show. <laughs> Welcome back to HMS Motorsport, which is where we are doing the show from tonight. And Harrison Burton just happened to hear that uh, re-entry from Chase Cabry and said, hey, I wrecked him, too, on the sim at New Jersey. That's what those kids do. Uh, they're sim testing in New Jersey and just having a good old time. And what we are doing right now is uh, the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Safety seminar coming up shortly. And that will also be on Facebook Live. So we'll give you a little bit of a warning here. That'll be coming up in about 30 minutes from now on both the Race Chaser online Facebook and also the HMS Motorsport Facebook page. We have got um, two young drivers right now with us. I was about to say in the studio, but our makeshift studio, which is the conference room here at HMS Motorsport, and um, Stanley Hayes, 10 years old, Roy Hayes, his older brother, 14, little brother George not here tonight, but we've got uh, oldest and youngest of the three racing Hayes Motorsports uh, teammates, and we'll start with um, we'll start with Roy, because uh, Roy, you have uh, had quite a season for yourself in the late models first 
I guess I want to say full season. Is that accurate? You've been pretty much running them all year, and I don't think you really ran a full year last year, did you? Um, yeah, it wasn't a full year. We yeah, ran kind of hit and miss. Yeah, we ran about you know we ran like the last two months of season. Yeah, and that was all just in like limited late models stuff like that. Just yeah, getting our feet wet that deal, and then uh, at the beginning of the season we ran with the we ran a pro car with pass. And we ran a couple cars tour races so thus far. Yeah, and you've uh, you've done well at particularly at Caraway in the late model stock, too. I think uh, you know you've got three wins. Yeah, I believe three yeah. wins so far. You've really had a a nice first full season. And does it does it help you to bounce back and forth between the pro late and the late model stock, or is does that kind of confuse you at all because i know they're they're similar yet very different the super late model type cars really are sort of like big go-karts they they turn very easily and um you can carry a lot more speed into the corner than you can with the late model stocks i think right um yeah i think it i think the late model stocks are good for confidence just because i've kind of got them to the point that i can go out and i can run up front where i'm still trying to learn with the supers so i'll I'll usually race those just to keep my confidence up. So whenever we go out and race supers, I feel like I can do the same thing as I can the stock. Well, and again, kind of two different cars. So I think probably repetition and experience pays off for you, right? As you get more time in both, you'll naturally get better. Yeah, I, I could definitely tell from stop, like whenever I stopped racing the stock late model and started racing the supers. Then whenever I came back to the late model stock, I was definitely a lot better. Stanley, you are 10 and you are racing a combination of bandoleros and you have been running some mini outlaw stuff, but not as much, I guess, this summer as maybe in the past. You're running mostly at Concord right now, the bandolero, right? Um, yeah, we've been running there just a little bit more than Millbridge. Uh, we stopped like a little while ago uh, racing Millbridge. Okay, so you're focusing mostly on the pavement stuff then, at least for yourself. And I know your middle brother, George, running a Legends car this year for the first time as well and getting some seat time in that as you guys try to follow Roy up the ladder, so to speak. Uh, you seem to have gained an awful lot of confidence in the Bandolero this year from last year. I mean, I watched you at the shootout and um, maybe not quite as much luck this year as you might have had last year, but you were fast and just really looked like a driver who understood the game a lot better than, you know, last year there at the shootout. Um, yeah, we had uh, some rough races there at the summer shootout, and I think we actually only finished two or three races. Yeah. There. Yeah, your, uh, your luck was it? you were overdrawn at the luck bank this year a little bit, but uh, you were definitely fast. I mean, do you feel like the whole picture of the racing games kind of coming together for you a little bit more now than it was? Um, yeah, we've been uh, doing a lot better than the summer shootout this year. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's it the shootout's kind of hit and miss, and, and I know you got a win at the, the shootout this year, Roy, and you weren't even supposed to be running the shootout when it started. You kind of just, hey, there's a car there. I think I'll jump in, and, uh, boy, you you had some really good runs this year at Charlotte. Yeah, that was kind of uh, a whole other deal for me. It was never planned to be like that. It was always I was going to go and break in some tires. At the time, we were racing for Kyle Beatty, and, uh, I was just going to break in some tires for him, and then I went out and practiced, and I happened to be a little bit better than I thought I was going to be. And I was like, hey, this 
this is kind of fun. I'm going to try this out, run maybe a couple races this season, just see how it goes. And I ended up running the last eight rounds of it. Yeah, and you really, uh, again, had some great success. I mean, it was it was interesting, again, from last year to this year. So much of that is kind of wrong place, wrong time. I mean, you get swept up in things, accidents, whatever. But, um, again, both of you just appeared to be so much faster and more confident and comfortable in what you were doing there this year. Yeah, it was, um, for me at least, it was more about just knowing when to make a move at the right time. And last year, I mean, I made a lot of good moves, but I was always just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And this year, things happened to work out a little bit better. We are, we are, we kind of just figured out the track, and that's kind of a track that you either know or you don't. And eventually, everybody gets to the point where they can learn. And it just took me that first year just to really get a grasp on things. And then this last year went pretty well for us. Do you feel like maybe the the time that you had in the late model prior to the shootout helped you a little bit too, just from a confidence standpoint? It's like, well, if I can run up front in the late model, I surely can do it here in the Legends. Yeah, I think that in a way it helped. In a way, they're a whole nother ball game just because the amount of laps and, you know, you're not really saving your stuff. And, I mean, you don't want to get too aggressive in a legend car too quickly you don't want to wreck out or anything but i definitely think it's helped with confidence at least in the late model stock because we actually won i won my first late model race the same week that i went and run why i went and ran the summer shootout and won it's stanley for you uh you're probably on the verge i would guess of maybe a legend step next year would it be next year um uh, we have one more year after this. Okay, so you're going to be in the bandos one more year. So kind of a year for you coming up where, okay, let's go see if we can dominate. Um, yeah, uh, this year we're going to try to win nationals. Yeah, so, you know, that's a that's a big step. And certainly, you know, this will be your third season in bandos coming up, or is it fourth in 2018? Uh, it will be our fourth. Fourth, yeah, okay. I lose track because you guys are all in slightly different places um, with your, your racing ladder there. But, um, yeah, so you, you're kind of at a point now where you're, you're more and more comfortable. Are you going to be moving up to Outlaw or still not yet next year? We're going to try one Bandit Championship. In 18? Yeah, still a Bandit, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it. I guess you would only be 11, so he would, uh, yeah, would have to stay in, in Bandits. Uh, what does 2018 look like for you, Roy? Have you thought about it yet? I mean, I know you're still – You've got some big races coming up this year still. Um, yeah, right now I'm just I'm really focusing on what I've got coming up this year, but I've definitely thought about 2018, and I think it'd be reasonable just to just keep trying as hard as I can. And you know, this year's mainly been around, mainly been about just keeping focus and kind of just developing the skills I need for next year. Whenever we start running some of the bigger races, and I'd say just some. Uh, Top five finishes, at least. New crew chief for you, uh, for your late model, right? Yeah, Kevin Hallenbach is uh, with us now. We are previously with Kyle Beatty, but things just didn't work out the way we were looking, and we ended up switching over. And so far, everything's been great. We've, we haven't really ran too many races with him yet, but um, so far, everything's been really smooth. And I think Kevin was with Harrison Burton, wasn't he, at one point? That yeah, he was, that's who yeah. he was previously with. Yeah, yep. so, uh, you know, a little bit of a connection to our first guest tonight, Harrison Burton. But um, what have you got coming up with the late model? What are, you, what are your bigger races you're going to try to hit? 
before the end of this year? Um, I think we're probably, I think the biggest one we're going to run so far, it's a 300 lap race at Hickory. I'm not hundred percent sure of the name of that one. Um, Mason Dixon meltdown, maybe. Yeah. That's the big so. one at the yep. end of the year. Yeah. The fit. Yeah. That's uh that's going to be a crowded field. Uh, it's a 15,000 to win race going to be on Mav TV and uh, probably 50 cars. I wouldn't be surprised to see 50 cars there trying to qualify for that. So a big step for you and um, in the late model. And are you doing anything right now outside of the late model or are you just focusing on that? Um, outside of the late model, well, I was going to run my mini outlaw in the open division. Uh, we were going to run the fair, but I never ended up getting out there for that. I was kind of focusing on testing and right. just staying kind of in that mentality of the late model stuff. And I think starting, I think next year, I think that'll be the only thing we run is just focus on. I don't think we'll do any more stock late model. Right. I think we've kind of got everything we can get out of that. We're kind of at a standstill. So I think we're just going to try and do our best next year in the super late models well you've definitely uh come a long way i mean i'm impressed honestly with this the step that you've made this year and and stanley as well um just being able to get out there and be comfortable and you seem to be really enjoying the late model also yeah thank you but um i mean yeah it's a lot of fun we've had we've ran some pretty big races this season we've ran all the pass races and right now i'm leading and rookie points and uh yeah it's been it's been a lot of fun we got to do a lot run a lot of races and i've learned a lot so well uh we appreciate both of you dropping by and being on the program a couple of uh, mini outlaw carts out there that belong to you guys and uh appreciate that as well we've got the seminar coming up shortly so hopefully you guys will stick around and be a part of that with us as well roy and stanley hayes 14 years old roy hayes and 10 years old for stanley two local racers trying to climb the racing ladder and uh making good progress in 2017 more to come on the hayes motorsports story as we get through the rest of this year and into next season with that we step aside when we come back we are going to hear from kyle souza the new england race report coming up as we continue from HMS Motorsport here in Mooresville, North Carolina, the leaders in motorsport safety, visit their website at hmsmotorsport.com or either of their two locations here in Mooresville or Danvers, Massachusetts. The seminar coming up in about 15 minutes at the top of the hour, 8 o'clock, Facebook Live, Race Chaser Online, or HMS Motorsport. And, of course, in between, when we come back, the New England Race Report with Kyle Souza. We'll be back in just a moment here on the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport on the Performance Motorsport Network. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels 
new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America, featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orca Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits. HMS representatives are experts in their field and focused on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. It's time to catch up on the latest from the New England racing scene. On the Stock Car Show, here's Tom Baker with Kyle Souza. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com or visit one of their two locations in Danvers, Massachusetts, or right here in Mooresville, North Carolina. We happen to be live from the aforementioned HMS Motorsport in Mooresville, North Carolina here this evening. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, and we've got Kyle Souza with us as well, our New England correspondent. And you know what, Kyle, you want to talk about a close points battle. When last we talked a couple of weeks ago, when you were last on the show, we were going into the Labor Day weekend wheel and modified tour race at the Oswego Speedway with five drivers with still a fantastic shot to win the title 
with five races left. Now we come out of there with Ryan Priest having gone in and spanked him to get a win at Oswego that he's been trying to get for a long time. Now, Kyle, we have a scenario where we're going into the house that I don't want to say Timmy Salamito built it, but at least he has partial ownership here at Riverhead Raceway coming up. And this sort of feels to me like the best opportunity for Timmy to actually mount a comeback to the top of the points heap after a few weeks of kind of bad luck. And yet it also feels to me like Ryan Priest is doing everything possible for an upset and trying to hang on and see if he can pull this title out without running all the races. So, you know, make the point that you mentioned Timmy Salamito, not the house that he built, but the house he's kind of owned. And you're right. Two of the last three races at that quarter mile bull ring, Salamito's visited Victory Lane. We know he's got that experience there uh, as part of the, the uh, tour type modifieds that run weekly in the past. But we've also seen, Tom, that Ryan Priest has won races at Riverhead. And Priest may have been up on some of these guys. He's run a couple of those weekly shows. Granted, they were earlier in the season. And when we were there earlier in the season, his number six was competitive. Obviously, at the front of the pack, he's competitive anywhere he goes. But you're right. I think this is that race he needs to win. But, Tom, Salamito is going to be tough to beat. He's going to enter this race a little bit over 15 points back in the championship. And this may be that race that if he doesn't leave Riverhead with a strong run, and by a strong run I mean a top three finish, he may be too far out of this with just three races left. Well, and it doesn't make sense that he should win the title, having to miss even another race. He's already missed one. If you can win the championship, the driver's piece of the championship, missing two races, you've had a well of a season. I mean, the fact that it's even still possible, if not probable, is pretty amazing and says a lot about the season he's had. But when we look at Timmy Salamito, this is the guy that for a good part of the year, we were looking at as being the favorite. And then you've got Doug Kobe, who started off the year a little rough and has kind of been playing catch-up ever since then. But that team has kept digging and kept digging, and they've clawed their way back into this. They're nine points back of Priest in second, which in my mind, because Ryan's going to have to miss another race, makes Kobe the de facto leader of the points at this moment. Gosh, Kyle, can Kobe pull it out again after such a rough start? Because I got to tell you, I think right now, advantage Kobe, he's got the momentum. Salamito's got to go into Riverhead this weekend, I think, and win this race and prove that he can still be the king of the jungle. Yeah, and I think, you know what, the, the point you made about Priest, you know, realistically right now going to miss another race. Maybe he's, we, we shouldn't put him uh, as the points leader. If we got rid of Ryan Priest and put Doug Kobe as the points leader, Rowan Panic would sit second in the standings, and Panic's seven behind Kobe, Salamito's eight behind Kobe. So, you know, Timmy's got to be looking at this and saying, okay, Ryan's going to miss another race, and if I can catch Doug Kobe, realistically, I'm going to have myself in the lead. Timmy, you mentioned three wins to start the year in the first five or six races. Since then, though, Jacob, he has struggled. He wrecked out at Seekonk on August 26th, and just before that at Bristol, he had a crash that, you know, pushed him towards the back of the finishing order. Those two races, if he doesn't win the championship, are going to be the two races he looks back at and says, hey, you know what? We got in two wrecks, and that was really the difference in us not winning the title. Oh, I agree with that 100%, Kyle. And it's one of those where 
Timmy started off so strong, but sometimes we talk about teams peaking too early, and I almost wonder if they didn't get off to such a strong start that it really, I don't want to say in a way, lulled them into a false sense of security, Tom, but I feel like maybe they let their guard down just a little bit and thought, oh, hey, we're kings of the world, and all of a sudden everybody else figured it out, and now you know the rest of the season, the second half at least, they've been playing catch-up. Well, I don't think they let their guard down at all. I, I think they had their guard snatched from them. I mean, he got spun into a rack or ended up in a rack at Bristol, and then the following race, same sort of situation again. You had two races in a row where he got crashed out, and yet he was still able to make enough of a comeback at Bristol to at least minimize the negative effect of that particular crash. So being caught up in other people's messes is just luck. It's not letting your guard down. And I think Timmy Salamito, Kyle, is in a position here. If he's going to do it, though, I think he does it at Riverhead. If he comes out of here and does not have the points lead and does not win this race or at least run very competitively for the win i don't see it happening for timmy yeah he i agree he's gonna need kobe to finish third or fourth in that race and him win and let him come close to kobe where he and kobe are separated by two or three points going down to the stretch of the season jacob when we leave riverhead we're heading for new hampshire which obviously we all know is a wild card uh salamito and kobe actually got together in the first loudon race uh, at one point, of course, Salomito having trouble there as well. And then Kobe spinning in the weight laps while battling for the lead. We know anybody, you know, quote unquote, anybody can win there. It's not what we've seen, of course, in the Monster Energy Cup Series at Daytona or Talladega. But pretty much anybody with a car that's running straight and is somewhat fast can have a shot at winning there with the way the draft works. Uh, so that's another wild card that's going into here, Jacob, on seeing you know, who's going to leave Loudon. When we head for the final two races, I think we'll have a much better shot. Uh, at figuring out who might win this title. Exactly, because it seems like those who are traditionally good at Stafford and Thompson early in the year continue to be good at Stafford and Thompson late in the year. These are tracks that don't really change a whole lot due to weather conditions compared to where they are in the spring and the fall. So I see Doug Kobe, I see Ryan Priest being those guys who have always been good at Stafford and Thompson being the guys you have to beat in those final two races. But you're right, Riverhead this weekend, Loudon coming up, those are the wild cards. We, you've got a bull ring where you can just get shoved, punted out of the way. And you've got the draft at Loudon where, as Kyle said, Tom, anything can happen. I stand by what I said a couple weeks ago. Ryan Priest is going to have to win a couple more of these races. And basically, if he finishes outside the top two or three in any race between now and the end of the year, he's done. And it comes down to, in my opinion, Doug Kobe and Timmy Salamito. But I'll say this. If, by some stretch, Justin Bonsignor happens to win this weekend at Riverhead and can make up some points, he's also always been good at Stafford and Thompson. And Bonsignor, even though he's fifth right now, could be the one wild card in this. But I say he has to win this weekend to have any shot at it. Yes, I agree. And I think he is a bit of the wild card I don't see Rowan Pennick, even though he's still in this race. I just don't see him going to any of these tracks with the possible exception of Thompson. Going to any of these tracks 
and driving away from all of the other guys that are in contention. I don't see that, Kyle. I really feel like Rowan is the one who probably needs the most help to win this because I'm not sure that I've seen the overall speed from race to race out of that team. I think if anybody other than Priest, Colby, and Salamito is going to win this title, it could be Justin Bonsignor, but even he's going to need to go prove that he can outrace these guys, and that just hasn't happened enough this year. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the top three you mentioned, Price, Kobe, and Salamito, have been three of the fastest cars every track the Wheel of Modified Tour has been to this year, whereas Bonsignor and Penny, Bonsignor especially, Bonsignor could run between fourth and sixth, I'd say pretty easily, you know, right there between fourth and sixth. Penny has been between fourth and tenth all year. You know, they're not going to yeah. unload outside the top 10. Right. They're going to be either just inside the top 10 or, you know, inching closer to the top five. And that could be what hurts him. I do think Panic's going to come home with a top three, four finish in this championship because when somebody stumbles, he's probably going to finish fifth or sixth. Right. Uh, and get enough points. But I, I agree. I don't think he's got enough to get up there and win the title. No, I, I really think this is a battle between the three that we've been talking about. And I just, boy, Ryan Priest has a good shot at it. But when you're going to give up a race, you'd better hope that you can put some distance. If you don't put some distance in one of these next couple races, even if you win, you're going to not have enough of a spread and somebody's going to overtake you on the race you're not there. Yes, and my final thought, Kyle, is this. Ryan Priest, if he's going to miss a race... He's picking the right race to miss because at Loudon he knows anything can happen. He knows just as easily as one of those championship contenders could win that race, just as easily all of them could get swept up in a giant wreck and be taken out of it, Kyle. So <laughs> I kind of like his strategy here, even though it wasn't necessarily intended. All we can do is see how these next two weeks shake out. Once we leave Loudon, the picture's going to be very clear of who has a shot at this. Yeah, and I agree, Jacob. And, you know, for those who don't know, John McKennedy has been uh, tabbed to pilot that number six when Priest is not there at Loudon. And he becomes a wild card in all of this. Does he go out and win the race in that car that's definitely going to be capable of doing that? If he doesn't win the race, is he going to be the one that costs Doug Kobe, Panic, Salamito, or Bontemur <laughs> that one more point in between he and... Uh, and what Priest would be, you know, instead of Kobe finishing second, if McKennedy finishes second and Kobe third, that that's one less point for Kobe. So that's something as well we'll have to keep an eye on as we get down there uh, to the Magic Mile in a couple weeks. Well, yeah, and you've got to remember that the six car with McKennedy in it won't count for driver's points. It'll count for owner's points. So I'm not sure that there is a real way that Priest can win this other than if those two guys, Kobe and Salamito stumble, but we'll see. It's going to be real interesting. Right down to the wire for the Modified Tour. Kyle Souza, thanks for being on the program tonight. We look forward to catching up with you next week to wrap up what happened at Riverhead. We step aside from HMS Motorsport here in Mooresville, North Carolina, and we will be back. We've got a safety seminar coming up shortly and a lot more to talk about as the Stock Car Show continues live from HMS Motorsport right after this on the Performance Motorsports Network. Okay, so Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's? Yep. And Josh, you're going to? Soccer, Dad. Soccer practice. Right. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to let you know when I pick you both up, I'll be wearing my short shorts. What? No! Yep. 
and my dorky dad hat, and I'm going to do my dad dance for all your friends. They'll love it. Seriously? Why? Because I like my short shorts. Of course, I could be talked out of it if you guys would just buckle up your seatbelts without giving me a hard time. It's important to get your kids to buckle up for safety, no matter what it takes. And sometimes, all it takes is your parental powers of persuasion. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled. Good choice. I'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time. What, what? No! Do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Noah Gregson, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to a special edition of the Stock Car Show as we broadcast live from HMS Motorsport in Mooresville, North Carolina. The leaders in motorsport safety, you can visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com or stop by either of their two locations here in Mooresville, North Carolina or up in Danvers, Massachusetts. Tonight is the second of our special three-part series with HMS Motorsport where we bring the show out and we broadcast live from location, but also we do a safety seminar, which, of course, we're coming to you live via Facebook Live. And we've got Joe Marco going to talk helmets. We talked uh, last time about uh, seat belts. We're going to talk helmets tonight. And, Joe, I'm just going to hand it right over to you and uh, let you do your thing. Tom, thanks a lot. It's uh, great to be here. We're happy to have you and uh, happy to have you bring all the great drivers that you've been able to interview tonight. We'll get a few more for the next time. Uh, it's always a pleasure. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about uh, helmets, and we're going to talk particularly about proper fitment of helmets. A lot of people will go out and buy a helmet. that They'll say, oh, gee, you know, I really like that Stilo helmet, or I like that Schubert helmet, or I like that Simpson helmet, or I like that Arai helmet, and I like a particular model. But what you really should be doing is looking at what helmet fits you the best. You can spend 
a huge amount of money on a helmet that looks cool, but if it doesn't fit you properly, it's not going to do the proper job. It's very important that a helmet fits you properly around the head. It should be tight. Uh, it should, you should feel contact all the way around your head. It should pinch your cheeks uh, so that initially when you get that helmet, the foam in the, in the cheek pad here is, is pretty soft. And as you get moisture in it, it's going to actually compress to, the, to fit your face a little bit better. It's very important that that helmet is, is tight around your head at all times. The other thing is, is there's really two parts to a helmet. There's the outer shell, uh, which is giving you protection against intrusion. And there inside, it, inside the helmet uh, is what's called an EPS foam. And you can't really see too well, but very inside you'll see a black liner and sometimes it's white. That is a, a one-time compression foam. So what that, what that EPS foam is, is a foam that if you have an impact, that foam is going to compress and it's going to absorb the energy from the impact. So once that's compressed, it's done. It's done its job. It's time to get a new helmet. It also can be compressed by when you put the helmet on. If you're one of those people that puts the helmet on and you start pushing down on the top of your head or really pulling it down, every time you do that, you're actually small compressions in that foam and you're really, really making that helmet bigger every time. So when I hear somebody says, oh yeah, I've got this helmet, I really broke it in and now it's you know, there and it's even kind of loose, it's because they keep pushing, pushing, pushing and every time I push, I actually compress that foam. So the proper way to wear a helmet is you put it on, you just pull it on nicely and you let it sit. If you have a hit and an impact, like you have, if you knock yourself, uh, you got, got a mild concussion or something, that helmet is done. It has done its job. The compression foam, the EPS foam inside does not come back. So the first thing we're going to do today is really talk about how to fit a helmet. So we're going to do, you, you now know that you're not going to look at a helmet based on what the model is or what the design is. You're going to try it based on fit. If you put on a helmet and it doesn't fit you properly and it doesn't feel tight everywhere and pinch your cheeks, or if your nose is touching uh, the, the front of the helmet or something, it's probably not the right helmet for you. You should look at a different model of the same brand or a different brand of helmet. Uh, so today what we're going to do is we're going to use uh, Austin here, who's uh, our star. He's our one of our racers here at HMS, and, uh, and he handles, he builds a lot of the helmets for us. If you uh, have sh customized rope belts, good chance that uh, that, was, that customization was done by uh, Austin and, uh, and Eric uh, here right at HMS. So we do a lot of that. But so today... We've got two, two helmets. Uh, we, what we did is we did a measurement on, on Austin using this uh, handy-dandy tape measure. We put it around, and it tells us what size we think his head is going to be. So we thought that, well, maybe a 59 would be a good place to start. So we have a nice 59 uh, Stilo helmet right here, and he's going to try that on. And he thinks that, then, that this is probably a good place to start. So he puts it on, and we're going to focus the camera not on me but on, on Austin and how he's fitting. Now, what we're going to do is buckle the helmet up. Okay, now, first thing he's going to do with, with the visor open, he's going to take the helmet like a football helmet, and he's going to move it up and down and side to side. Now, if you see when he's moving it, it's not moving the skin on his face very much. Okay, what you want to do, if you look at me for a second here, is when I have that helmet and I move it this way and that way, it should be moving my face up and down, and it should be moving my face side to side. I should actually be able to see the skin move. We didn't really see that. So 
Now, how does that feel, Austin? Does it feel, do you feel full contact around here? No, nah, I feel it's a little bit loose. I feel, you know, a little room around the crown of my head, okay. um, a little loose around the cheeks and, and that area as well. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to try the next size down. Now, typically what I'll do when somebody's in the showroom is I will ask them, I'll, I'll guess what size it's going to be, we'll put the helmet on, and if they say, God, that really feels great, what I'll do is I'll put the next smaller size on and see if that still feels too bad. So he's going to put on now a 57, uh, and a 57. Now, most helmets, uh, certainly the high-end helmets, will come with different thicknesses of cheek pads. So we're starting out with this helmet. I think it's a 25-millimeter thickness. So we're going to see how that fits with the helmet. Now, there's some different things we can do with the helmet. This is a, a crown pad. This would go inside the helmet right underneath the EPS. So if we need to get raise the helmet up a little bit or drop them down, we can put a different thickness. We have like four or five different thicknesses of the EPS, of the, uh, the crown pad here that we can do in order to change the fitment. So now he's got this on. Now if he moves it, okay, you can see if he moves it up and down, he's moving the skin on his forehead a little bit. But it's not really doing much on the cheeks. So what we can do is we can pop the helmet off real quick. And he can do a real quick, uh, real quick change uh, on the cheek pads. Now, why he's doing that, I'm going to talk about a little bit of other things. So with the Stilo helmet and with some other helmets, we have some nice little uh, things that we can use. So I mentioned already the crown pad. So what the crown pad does, that's going to sit uh, just under the top of the helmet. And the different thicknesses will allow the head to move further into the helmet or keep it down a little bit. But that's going to optimize the fit at the top. Okay. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to look at the shim. And these, these shims can go behind the ear pads uh, that we have. So in the, in the steel helmet, it has a nice ear cup. Behind the ear cup, there's a little piece of Velcro. We can stick a pad on that, which is going to push this closer to the ear. Okay, which is going to reduce the noise. It's going to help with the noise. So some helmets have uh, this kind of things in order to get the fit fitment properly. So he's got the cheek pads now in. Uh, he's going to stick the uh, that, and you'll see how much tighter it's going to be on his chin. Cheeks, sorry. All right, now he's got it on. Now if he quickly buckles it up. Now, you can already see that it's starting to pinch his cheeks a little bit there. Now, if you, if you move it up and down, you can see that it, it's really moving the, the, the skin around his eyes, and it's a little bit tight on the cheeks. And so that's what you really want. When you first put this helmet on, you should feel it tight all the way around. You should wear the helmet for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, maybe even take it home and wear it for 45 minutes. Wear it to the point where I think it's tight, but it doesn't give me a headache. You don't want the helmet to give you a headache. The other thing is, is the cheek pads, after you wear them for 45 minutes or you do a race with them and you get a little bit of sweat in it, you're going to feel those cheek pads soften up. But initially, it's almost going to feel like you're biting your cheeks. So this helmet now is, you know, is a much better fit. I can, you, know, you can really see it pinching his cheeks. It fits properly. His nose should be lined up right at the opening of the helmet right here. So the, the fit right there looks, looks pretty good. So that's the basic of fitting the helmet. Uh, in our next segment, which will be here in a couple of seconds, we're going we're gonna to talk about how, how you might accessorize a helmet and uh, things like helmet skirts, airflow, all that. So I think we're getting pretty close right to the break, and uh, we'll be back with you in a few. And we'll be back with more of the safety seminar, more of the stock car show here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay with us. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. 
bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Harrison Rhodes, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Special edition tonight. We are broadcasting live from HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety, their Mooresville, North Carolina location. I've got Joseph Marco with us, and Joe has been talking about helmet safety and proper fitting of a helmet for the last 10 or 12 minutes or so. And again, remember, this is being streamed live on both the Race Chaser online Facebook page and the HMS Motorsport Facebook page as well. If you want to watch this, we've got about another 10 minutes left. Joe, I'm going to turn it back over to you. Great. Thanks a lot, Tom. All right. Now, uh, we might have a couple of minutes at the end of this session. So if you have any questions on helmet fitment, if you post the questions, they'll come up for us and we'll try to capture them and answer them right at the end of the session. So the next thing I want to talk about, we talked about fitment. We talked about what the importance of the outer shell, which is for intrusion, and the inner liner, which is for uh, protection from concussive protection. There are a couple of different things with the helmet. They're, the most common helmets that you'll see are Schnell helmets. Uh, so Schnell 2015 is the current standard. Uh, now, a Schnell helmet is dropped from a distance for testing purposes of three meters. Okay, and that's dropped. Uh, there's a head form that's set inside the helmet, and then the helmet is then dropped on different types of uh, steel pieces. There are rounded pieces, there are pointed pieces, there are various pieces, 
and the hell, the shell uh, with the form inside it can measure what happens, what the loads are on the head. So the Schnell 2015 standard, uh, they drop a helmet from a three meter onto various forms and it has to protect against protrusion and it has to have a minimum load on what the concussive potential injury could be. Now the, the standard that we use, this particular helmet right here, is a, a Schnell 2015, but it's also an FIA 8860. Now the 8860 standard uh, is basically a standard that was originally developed for Formula One. It's now mandatory in uh, IndyCar, uh, World Rally, uh, obviously Formula One, Formula Two, a lot of the European series. IMSA now requires it for all open cars. And most of the NASCAR Cup drivers that are running uh, helmets, or they're running uh, Stilo helmets, are running uh, the 8860 helmet. Now, why an 8860 helmet? Well, first thing is, is it's generally significantly lighter. Uh, the other thing is, an 8860 helmet with that standard, that helmet is dropped from a distance instead of three meters, it's dropped from five meters. Now, mass times acceleration, that's a significant increase in the load that's going to be put on for intrusion as well as the load that's going to be put in for a concussive protection. So, <clears throat> in effect, an 8860 helmet is going to provide you better protection against a concussive injury uh, than you might get out of uh, a standard just a Snell 2015. Uh, they also tend to be significantly more expensive because of the different types of material, the carbon, they're lighter. Now, lightweight. A helmet, when you're looking at your helmet, regardless of, of whether you're spending $300 or if you're spending $5,000, the important thing is weight. And if you have a couple of helmets that you can try on and one feels significantly lighter than the other one, the advantage of the lighter helmet is, again, mass times acceleration. If you are having an impact and your head starts to move, if you have an extra pound on your head because the helmet weighs an extra pound, that is going to accelerate that mass and it's going to be a harder impact with an object that you're going to hit or a harder uh, load on your neck uh, as, it's, as it's going forward. So weight is very important. Once we got drivers into a lot of the 8860 helmets that are out there for four or five hours in the Cup Series, they found out they didn't get a headache like they used to, or the headache was much less because you didn't have that extra weight. Now, when you're wearing a helmet, there's some other things that you should be concerned with. I highly recommend that you use uh, a head sock uh, or a balaclava, as it's uh, formally called. Now, the advantage of the balaclava or the head sock is, A, it'll keep your helmet in a lot better, a lot cleaner, a lot better condition. You can wash this. The smell is going to be a lot, uh, lot less in the helmet. <clears throat> the other thing is, is it comes down and it covers your neck. Uh, particularly if you have a beard or you like to leave a beard, that's an area that if your visor's open and you get some fire in there, that is something that, can, that hair can catch fire very quickly. A balaclava will protect against that. Now, if you don't want to wear a balaclava, uh, another thing you can do if your visor's down is you can wear, uh, this is what's called a helmet skirt. And what this will do is it'll fit in right around the bottom edge of the helmet, and this will protect your neck and it will kind of come down so that any area here will not be exposed to any potential fire. So there are a few things strongly recommended. Now, if you're going to wear a head sock or a balaclava, you want to make sure that you bring it with you and you try the helmet on with the head sock because it is a bit, you know, there is some thickness there, and you want to make sure that that is taken into account when you're trying to wear the helmet. So it's very important that you look at that. <clears throat> now, different helmets have different things. The steel helmet has uh, these particular uh, ear cups, and the ear cup gives you, uh, if you if you put it over your ear, you get about a 19 decibel reduction in noise, which can be something very helpful if you're in in a series with a lot of loud cars. 
and there's some shims that can be behind here that you can use. So there's some fitments there. Uh, helmets also have various attachments uh, for, uh, this is a, a top air attachment, which would go on, this would blow air. Uh, we have uh, fitments on the side that could do for side air. Most helmets manufacturers have some sort of a top air, some sort of a side air in order to feed into those particular systems. The other thing to look at is visors. <clears throat> a clear visor does great for certain times. Uh, this is a, a tinted, uh, this is what we call a red iridium tinted visor. What this works out, Denny Hamlin and a number of drivers now use this day, night, whatever. And it really does, a, it gives you a very high contrast and a really, really good uh, optic that, you do, that, that really cleans things up on the track and cuts down on some of the glare. So you can have all sorts of different visors. You should try those things out. If you try a visor, yeah, you can hold it up and look it through it that, but that's not going to help you. What you want to do is put a hat on so that you have a, a visor, a, a part that comes out over top of the visor and then go outside because that will give you a true reflection of what it will look like uh, on your head. Now, if there's some questions, I'd like to answer any questions that somebody might have if you've uh, brought them up. Uh. So we did have a question come in uh, about helmet cleaning, if you guys do that, and then maybe some suggestions. Um, we do a little bit of cleaning. I mean, we can help to dry it out. Uh, we use a product called Molecule. Uh, Molecule is a product called Refresh, which will help quite a bit. Uh, the most important thing is once you use your helmet, you should put, put it on some sort of a dryer or a blower uh, in, order to get, uh, in order to get the uh, helmet dry. Never take your helmet off, put it in your bag, and then put the bag away. You always want to make sure you get as much air, spray some Refresh or some... Uh, uh, some um, you know a spot cleaner in it, and that will help to keep it clean. Uh, there are some companies uh, locally here in Mooresville that will actually uh, put the helmet into some kind of a, a, a solution that they say that can totally refresh it. Uh, some helmet manufacturers will replace the liners and stuff after some period of time. Uh, in a lot of cases, the cheek pads are replaceable, so maybe after the first year, you know, if it gets too much too stinky, too much sweat in it, get a new set of cheek pads. So there's some options to do it. Uh, we will refresh it a little bit, but we don't have a professional cleaning service for, uh, per se. You got any more questions out there? No, that's it. All right. Well, I think we're, you know, we're getting pretty much down to, uh, to the end of uh, the segment today. Uh, really, when you're trying on a helmet, the most important advice I can give you is go into a store that hopefully has a lot of different brands of helmets or different models of, of the helmet. Try on several different brands because every brand fits a little bit different. Every model of every company fits a little bit different. You know, you, you, every head is different. Every helmet is different. You want to make sure that you get, uh, you get that all done. Uh, so I think we're in good shape right now. Uh, I'm going to pass the, the uh, mic back over. I appreciate uh, your attendance. Uh, if you liked our Facebook uh, live here, say that you liked it, share it. Uh, send it around, uh, and we'll be happy to uh, give us a call here at HMS, and we'll answer any questions you want. Well, I'll toss you one more because they got it in right under the buzzer, Joe. Uh, how long should a, a helmet be used Is the, as far as if there's no issues with the, uh, with the foam like you talked about earlier? Is there a specific time frame? Uh, well, basically, uh, most sanctioning bodies allow two, uh, ver two, uh, two versions of Schnell standards. So, the, so right now, pretty much everybody allows a 2,000. 15 and 2010. Uh, there's a new Schnell standard that comes out every five years, and uh, and it usually in some some events uh, they'll allow like three standards for the first year. 
really the life of the helmet, if you take care of it and you, you dry it out and you keep it clean, it, it should last eight or nine years. If you race all the time, you're racing every weekend, you're racing in dirt and you know, when it wears out, you'll see, I mean, if it, if, if screws and things start falling apart, it's time to either get those replaced from the supplier or you want to make sure that you, uh, then it's time to get a new helmet. If the visor doesn't stay up and nobody can fix it for you, you know, it's time to get a new helmet. If you find out now, uh, after our, uh, educational, uh, talk here that your helmet is too big, uh, then it's time to get a new helmet now. Uh, so stop in and see us here at HMS or stop in at your local uh, helmet supplier. The most important thing is don't buy a helmet via mail order because you do not know how it's going to fit. Go to a store, <clears throat> find the helmet that fits you, and not only find the helmet that fits you, but buy the helmet at that store. I don't care if it's HMS or if you go to any other store. But they've taken the time and the finances to put that helmet on the shelf so that you can try it out. If you dare come into my store and spend 45 minutes having me fit you perfectly with a helmet and then walk out the door and then think you're going to go buy it on the Internet, I will call you out right away. Uh, you know, and, and this is it's really important. I mean, I would love everybody to come and buy it from HMS on our website. But if you haven't tried the helmet on, really go to your local store that has helmets that then try them on find one you like and buy it there because they've gone to great extent to put that on the shelf for you to try it so uh we, we here at hms care about how you do things and and you know we want you to do the right thing we don't really need you to you know just come to us we're here to give you information uh we know that in time you'll come back to us because we're giving you the good scoop but, you know, there are a lot of really good uh, uh, dealers out there that, that will sell you a good product and give you good information. It's really important that they spend the time with you to fit that helmet properly. Proper helmet fitment is the only thing that's going to protect you in the event of an accident. And we all know that if this is your hobby, uh, there will be a time, one point, that you're going to have it. And you want to be ready for that one accident. So... Uh, I think that time I'm pretty much at a wrap uh, and we'll pass it back over and uh, we appreciate your time and thanks for coming to, for uh, sitting with HMS. Well, we appreciate your time, Joe, in uh, making all of this possible for us. Our second of three safety seminars here on PMN and at HMS Motorsport, the leader in motorsport safety. Visit them on the web, HMSMotorsport, no S on the end, dot com. We're going to step aside. When we come back, I believe a fit stop coming up. So we'll have more of the Stock Car Show right after this. You're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High School Driver's Ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. 
So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World truck teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America, featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Shrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orca Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits. HMS representatives are experts in their field and focused on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent ya. Hi, this is John Androsik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to a special edition of tonight's Stock Car Show. And we are on location tonight at uh, HMS Motorsport, as you've been hearing. If you've been listening a while, we just uh, finished up with a very informative uh, helmet safety seminar, which uh, is still available on uh, both the Race Chaser Online Facebook page and also the HMS Motorsport Facebook page. And I think we shared it to Three Wide Life's Facebook page as well, PMN Radio's Facebook page. So uh, any of those pages will have uh, the two sections. It will be two videos of uh, tonight's seminar. We are now going to bring in uh, Hunter Smith, who is our racing fitness guru to uh talk fit stop kind of stuff and uh talk about training like a champion interesting topic for tonight given that we're going into the playoffs yeah it's almost like i planned that you uh, might think right so never (laughs) talk a little bit about uh what this is going to consist of here So it's kind of going to consist of a little bit of everything that we've talked about in this segment since we started this segment, which is really cool. So, um, you know, the end of the season is an extremely important time, not only just for our national guys, but also for our local guys too, running at um, any kind of local short tracks or on a regional basis. Uh, The end of the season marks getting ready for next year. We talked about a little bit last week. Mark's getting ready for next year. Mark's championship battles, rookie of the year battles. We talk about that kind of stuff too. So a lot of stuff that we just want to finish strong. So we don't want to let our training lack 
this time of the year either. It's so easy to kind of be get lazy this time of the year with our training and whatnot, focus more on the racing side, but we can't let it get that way. I love how you've got written in the notes here. Drivers, teams, crews equal tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it is that time of year. We're all getting down to it. You know, it, we've been running since April, March, February, depending on where you've been running. And, you know, some of your West Coast guys, maybe you've been running all year. You haven't stopped. But it, it just gets to this point in the season where we're all ready, not necessarily ready for it to end, but we're ready to start wrapping things up. And really, next year's coming already. Our off season's very short in this sport. So we have a very short off season. We don't have a lot of time to prepare. So we used to really start preparing for the next season at the end of this season. So right now we're only tired because we're still working on this year, but we're also trying to focus on next year as well. I was going to say, let's not focus on next year just yet, because if you're uh, in a points battle, you've got uh, that to focus on. And even if you're not, you probably still got uh, some races left in your season. So you really want to stay as sharp as possible. Talk about the mental toughness side of this. Talk about what we need to be doing as drivers, as teams, crew members to be able to keep ourselves sharp and sort of propel ourselves through the, the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely. So mental toughness, I think, comes into play the most this time of year. Um, you have so much going on outside of the car, in the car, each of these racetracks. You have so much going on that you have to be focused on one thing at a time. And sometimes that can just be so difficult. Even for us, for any of us who don't drive race cars, it's so difficult to, to kind of just kind of keep things on the on, on your plate and, and as a whole in life. But this just adds a whole other battle to it. If you're in a championship battle, rookie of the year battles, anything like that. So the mental toughness just says so important to us. And some of the things that we can do, I really like adding in a mental work, mental workout to our physical workouts as well. And some of those things that you can do is if you have a, you know, a trainer or just a kind of a workout partner, which is always good, you know, have something where you're jumping rope and somebody's asking you questions and you got to answer those questions while you're jumping rope. So you have a physical aspect going on while you also have a mental aspect going on. Um, you know, I've seen a few guys do it where all you have to do really is if we have a jump rope or we have maybe squats or any kind of exercise and while you're doing that someone's asking you okay who drives the two car who drives the five car and you just have to answer those while you're doing those exercises kind of combines a little bit of both keeps you really sharp on both ends of things what color is the pace car <laughs> <laughs> maybe not <laughs> what color is the jet dryer Juan you take your pick it's <laughs> oh, wow he went Man, there he went there <laughs> he absolutely did yeah it, it really is important though because you know, you've been going at it so hard for so many months now, and now it's playoff time or, you know, down to the wire in your regular season championship battle if you don't really have a playoff system mm -hmm. in your division. And you can't let your guard down. You've got to be actually more sharp and more focused than at any time during the year. And the temperature's changing and the cars are changing. It's it, There's a lot to think about this time of the year. So keeping yourself mentally sharp actually takes intention during the week right yeah absolutely and like i said come throwing in the exercises like that it, it could be a small change you make to an exercise program for these drivers and it makes a huge difference um it, i always had the mentality you know when i was racing and when i still do race once in a while the race car can only do so much you know the advantage is a lot of it's going to come from behind the seat and if there's any possible advantage we're all the we're a little different in a sport to where if you have a linebacker running up against a nfl punter those two guys aren't going to match up very well. You get two guys out in a racetrack, two girls out in a racetrack, they're the exact same size in the car. That car is the exact same size. There's no difference there. So that advantage comes from behind the wheel. If that driver could just be so sharp and so precisely mentally tough and physically tough and not worry about, oh, my arms hurt, my legs hurt, 
that's going to prove such an advantage, especially this time of the year when things do get kind of crazy and, you know, you need your reaction time to be on point. You need all your body to be in the physical aspect as best as it can be. So um, just keeping everything sharp at this time of the year is more important than ever. Absolutely. Okay, and I want to talk, spend a little more time than usual talking about a weekend preview here because several different shows here to deal with. Uh, We've got a big race, obviously, for the cup cars and the Xfinity cars and the trucks at Chicagoland. They're just starting their playoffs. We've got the Indy cars racing at Sonoma, and this is literally it Mm -hmm. for the Indy car series. It's now or never. Uh, of course, F1 at Singapore and k East, Pro Series East at uh, the road course in New Jersey Motorsports Park. So let's break these down one at a time. Chicagoland, you've got trucks, you've got Xfinity, and you've got Cup. Chicagoland, from a physical, mental standpoint, what are we looking at? What are our keys to success at Chicagoland in one of those divisions this weekend? A physical standpoint of Chicagoland, I, I kind of describe Chicago as relatively basic. It's it's in my mind, it almost looks like a little bit of a cookie cutter track as opposed to the backstretch. You know, the backstretch is curved down there. It's not a complete straight backstretch. So um, believe it or not, that can kind of mess with someone's, um, you know, mentality as we get down towards the end of the race. You're tired. All of a sudden that backstretch looks straight and you might be getting closer to that wall than you think you might be. So um, Chicago land is just going to be really intense. The, the corners are pretty, uh, aren't, banked like crazy so g-forces are going to be relatively normal for these guys it's still going to be a lot to an, to an everyday person but these drivers we're going to be pretty conditioned to it so um but the biggest thing about this is going to be the mental toughness all weekend a lot of these cup guys um this is i believe this will be their last shot to run a race on a cup weekend with them because um this is not technically a playoff race for the xfinity series just yet um so if anybody's going to get some chance, I think there's a couple cup guys maybe on the schedule there. So, um, but regardless, uh, you know, you have the playoff cutoff race for the, for the Xfinity series, you have a cutoff yeah. race for the trucks. And Hunter, just to clarify that, uh, any cup drivers like Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski, the ones with five years experience or more, they are out this weekend. Any of the younger guys who have not reached that five-year mark can still race this weekend and through the playoffs for the Xfinity and well nobody really does it besides Kyle and trucks but uh, starting next year would be the point where starting this weekend no cup guys period bar none which is what I'm looking forward to I, I hear you there. So, um, but that's what I'm saying. So maybe these younger cup guys are getting some advantage of running two races in the weekend just to gain some experience on the track. But these cup guys, um, these cup guys that have the experience, they're just going to be strictly, uh, strictly sticking to the cup race this weekend, which, um, you know, for some of us, we like that a little more than others. So, and I think that'll be a good show too. And they are the first race that their playoff system and trucks and Xfinity are cutting off. So very mental draining races this weekend. There's going to be a lot of, Oh, well, so-and-so's in front of you got to get in front of this car. Got to get in front of this car. Get out ahead of him. It's going to be a lot of that this weekend. So a lot to focus on, a lot to watch. And from a driver's standpoint, just a lot to pay attention to this weekend. Okay. We move on to IndyCars at Sonoma. Very different situation here because we are ending a season and we've got a number of drivers fighting for the championship here. And I think everybody's kind of watching Elio Castroneves and knowing that, of course, part of what's going on seems to be that perhaps, and we'll talk about this more uh, either later or on a future show, but it looks like there's a possibility perhaps Penske will not contract next year to three teams. So maybe Elio keeps going, but at least for right now, Elio is fighting for his future in IndyCar and fighting for a championship. 
of course, along with several other drivers. What are we looking at at Sonoma for those guys? Well, Sonoma is a very physical track and a very and in a very physical car like an Indy car. You're looking at a lot of flat corners where these guys are going to hit a lot of side lateral G forces. Um, so from that aspect, going to be a very physical race. And on top of a very physical race, it's going to be a very mentally draining race. Not for everybody, but for all four Penske cars. Um, I think Roger Penske is going to be the one sleeping the most because he knows he's got a four and five, four out of five shot at a championship in Indy car. Um, but I think Chip Ganassi's got a really, really good dog in that fight with Scott Dixon. It is so hard to bet against Scott Dixon um, and I find myself seeing that this weekend too I, he comes out when he needs to come out he's a he's the top of IndyCar um, so I think that'll be an interesting battle with those four guys and I know all five of those guys train religiously and it'll be really interesting to see the end of that race for sure I think it's going to come down the last two or three laps maybe even F1 at Singapore. F1 at Singapore, very fast track, uh, a lot of flat corners. Um, going to be really physically demanding lateral Gs. Not a whole lot going on championship battle. Um, not getting detrimental to the end of the year just yet. Um, we have Lewis Hamilton. We have Sebastian Vettel in a very tight battle at the top for those guys. Um, so I think mentally-wise, going to be a relatively normal race for those guys, but physically, relatively normal track. Uh, like I said, a lot of side lateral Gs going through all those corners. They're quick corners. They're not a whole lot of long, drawn-out corners, um, but it is a fast, quick maneuvering track. So reaction time is going to be key in Singapore, too. And last but surely not least, the K&M Pro Series East down to their last couple of races in the battle between Harrison Burton and Todd Gilliland for the championship there as they go to the road course at New Jersey Motorsports Park. Yeah, so for some drivers and more than others, it's going to be a mentally tough race, just trying to make sure we uh, championship on the line, all that kind of stuff. They're coming back to my home. They're coming up to New Jersey, so um, I'm pretty cool about that. That track is pretty awesome. Uh, New Jersey Motorsports Park is a, a fun little interesting little track, so I think the guys will enjoy it. But the, honestly, the biggest thing I've heard about lately from New Jersey Motorsports Park, especially in a stock car, and I'm still kind of looking into this as to why it's been such an epidemic lately, and it hasn't really been talked about much, is motion sickness. A lot of these guys i've talked uh i've heard a lot about motion wow. sickness on some of these tracks yeah and i don't know if it's maybe elevation changes or maybe it's just the drivers not being conditioned for road courses in that series yet but i hear it a lot out of the kn pro series is a lot of these drivers dealing with motion sickness um during these road course races and I, I don't know if it could be because they grow up racing ovals 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 and all of a sudden they're thrown into a road course in a big heavy bodied car and it just kind of throws them off. I'm not really sure, but I'm definitely going to look into that a little bit more and kind of see if I can talk to some people and see what's going on there. But motion sickness, I think, you know, depending on the person, may be a factor this weekend, too. Interesting. Uh, we'll have to uh, talk more about that on a future fit stop here on the Stock Car Show. Hunter Smith, as always, we appreciate your insights and uh, advice. And we're going to step aside when we come back. We've got Tyler Dayton joining us as we go into our white flag segment. And always a few interesting lightning round questions here on the Stock Car Show. So stick around. We are not going away yet. we got a little more coming up for you. From HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety, just go to their website at hmsmotorsport.com or come to this location in Mooresville, North Carolina, or their Danvers, Massachusetts location. Give them a call and just talk safety with them. Get all the advice and the gear that you need. We will be back. Hunter Smith will stick around with us for our uh, white flag segment as well. You're listening to the Stock Car Show on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. 
When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Dylan Bassett, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to the Performance Motorsports Network and the Stock Car Show, presented by our good friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. Visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, and Hunter Smith with you as we close tonight's show out, and we've got... 
uh, special guest here uh, in the form of Tyler Dayton. He's always special. He's always special. Just and, maybe uh, not in the kind that he would hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tyler is, uh, again, one of the local drivers here in the North Carolina area running the Super Truck Series at Hickory Motor Speedway. 2015 series champion there in this division finishing up year three in the trucks and one more race to go on saturday tyler uh i remember we were there early in the season for the first race and it seems like yesterday and here it is almost the end for you already yeah it feels that way uh, every year i think you know we get the start of the season and we have a good start and then it's just like everything's gone the season's all gone and um, do that sound effect again <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just been one of those kind of seasons. I think, you know, um, just such a fast paced season. We haven't had any rain outs this year, anything. So it just felt like it was just kept going and going and going. Yeah. So. Talk about how rare that is because that's Hickory's some serious always good for a rain out or three or yeah, five. I think we had <laughs> two or three last season and, um, Hickory doesn't do makeup. So when that happens, it's gone. You lose a race. Yeah. So, if you're in a championship battle at that point, it's like, well, we just lost a race. So this year we haven't had any problems like that this year. So it's uh, it's been a good season. Um, five wins. Ho- hopefully you can pick up the sixth one on Saturday night. That's always the goal. Um, currently third in the standings due to some complications. But, you know, other than that, um, it's just been a good season. Is it bittersweet in a way knowing that, you know, the last couple of years there's always been the, hey, there's next year to look forward to. Is it bittersweet knowing that for all in- this is the last one for all intents and purposes? Yeah, um, I said something on Facebook the other day. You know, it's kind of crazy that um, this is my last my last race ever in a truck. Um, I've spent three three years of my life running it and winning races and winning a championship, and now it's this is this is it. So I need to go out with a bang, I guess. Well. Not exactly a bang. Go go out in victory lane. We don't want to go out in a bang. That's yeah. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Choice of words there. The words bang. The word bang in racing is a bad term, Tyler. You've had a few of those. Bad time. (laughs) So, I know you you mentioned it's not going to be the championship that you wanted, but the race wins, the speed, basically going out and and proving not just to everybody that you're racing against on the track, but really everybody that's watched on this year, truly what you're capable of this year felt to me for you kind of like the year that you took everybody by the throat for so much of the season. Is that something you can look back on after this is all over and, and kind of smile knowing that, uh, you know, we showed them what we were made of. Most definitely. Uh, this, the plan this year well, anyway was to um, just go out and win as many races as possible. And we weren't really chasing the championship per se. So the plan was just to go out and win as many, have m- as much fun as we can, win as many races as possible. And I think that we've accomplished that. Hopefully we can add another one. But five wins is, and I think we had seven poles, that, uh, six poles. That's still, that's a, that's a great season. You know, it's not going to be the, champ- the second championship, but it's still an awesome season to look back on. The greatest season I've ever had in my racing career by far. Well, it really has been a good season. And, and I think you've, you've grown a lot through this year. You've had sort of some peaks and valleys a little bit, but you've really grown a lot from this year that you can take forward now into, I know you're still looking at what the next step in your career is going to be for four eighteen and beyond, but be able to, to take forward with you and really the truck series as a whole over the course of the three years 
has been an awfully good development step for you at Hickory Motor Speedway. Yeah, um, you know, I ran the Super before that. And yeah, you kind of got it slightly backwards. Yeah, you were running a uh, super ran, late model at thirteen. First. I was I was twelve and thirteen. Yeah. and I didn't really know how to handle a big car yet. So when we stopped the super late deal and I went to the truck, I was like, "Oh, this is a little bit slower than the super." And and I just allowed myself. I worked harder than I ever had before to get better, better, better mentally, better physically. So uh, these three years definitely helped a lot with that. So I think my next step, I will already have better knowledge than I would have if I just would have, you know jump from the super to something else. It's an interesting uh, way to, to, to think about that. And I think you've kind of, like you said, you've covered all the bases there. So now whatever your next step becomes, you'll be able to take all of that training and apply it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's been a great season and I know that, uh, a lot of people have gone into this, uh, to help you over the course of the years. And we'll give you a chance before we get into our lightning round, just to, uh, say some thank yous. Oh goodness. Uh, I got to thank, DLP Motorsports, um, my mom and dad, the biggest, because they're the only reason I get to do this every year and for my whole racing career. It's, it's all due to them. You know, I, I work hard myself, but they're the reasons why it happens. So they're, they're the big ones here. Uh, Jimmy Jingles, who I think he's watching live right now. Um, he's my he's the best spotter I could ask for and best Great guy. member. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, couldn't have done anything. Couldn't have won all these races without him. And he's just been a good friend and Give me some good advice. Well, we're going to keep Tyler around. We've got Hunter Smith as well. He learned how to do this lightning round thing pretty good at the summer shootout. Yeah, so he really not? did. We we had Tyler working with us uh, at the shootout and uh, has done a couple of other things with us on the media side this summer as well. So we're going to uh, move into our lightning round, and I'm going to throw out the first question here. The playoffs coming up for the NASCAR Cup Series. Playoffs? Playoffs. We're talking <laughs> playoffs. And... <laughs> So we started Chicagoland. So here's my question. I'll go around the table. The question is, give me a percentage of the chances that we see a first-time Cup Series winner sometime during the playoffs, Jacob. (laughs) You're seriously starting this question with me? I'm about to disappoint a lot of people. Zero. Oh, I'm sorry. We will not see a new winner. Absolutely not. Oh, all the Chase Elliott fans. Send hate mail <laughs> to Jacob at. Uh, okay, Tyler, I'll go to you next. Uh, I'd say it's going to be 50-50. I mean, wow. Chase Elliott, Chase Elliott's the only one I see in my mind that has a possibility of getting the speed up and winning a race. I don't see any other rookie being able to do that okay. any other first time. So I think Chase Elliott's the only. Hunter Smith. Uh, I got to say there's two dogs in that fight. And one of them you might disagree with me with, but I'm going to ob- obviously say Chase Elliott. I think you get definitely got a shot at Chase Elliott. Um, and now that I'm actually looking at this entry list, you might actually have three shots. So I think it's going to be Chase Elliott, Eric Jones, or you might have a shot with Daniel Suarez at these mile or at these, you know, uh, mile and a half tracks. He does run rarely, uh, pretty well there. So I think you could see any of those three guys honestly get in there, especially with Chase Elliott running for the championship. I think that 24 cars is just going to be up have to be on their game. I think it's between those three. You, it's not unrealistic. I think you can see a shot between any of those three guys. What uh, is your percentage, though, that we actually get one of them to win? Give me a percentage. 
let me go 33.3 with the bar over it. That means repeating. So you that literally one have out of three. Okay. So uh, Hunter stepped up the math game there and uh, I'm going to back off that a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to just go with an easy number. I'm going to say that you're all wrong. It's going to be higher. There's actually a 60% chance of a driver winning for the first time in the playoffs. And I'm going to just go ahead and say it. It's going to be Eric Jones. Wow. So we'll see if I'm right or not about that. Uh, I'm going to throw out another question here and go to the IndyCar side of things. Uh, we're coming down to the championship run here. Um, it seems like, as you pointed out in the fit stop, Hunter Penske's got four of the five horses in this one. But... Hunter, I'll start with you. What is the percentage of chance that a Penske car does not win the championship? You can't say one out of five. Okay. No, the percentage that a Penske car does not win the championship it basically means what are the percent? What is the chance in the percentage form that Scott Dixon wins? Oh, I think Scott Dixon's got about an 80% chance. I think I am fairly confident that Scott Dixon will take this championship this year. Tyler? I'm going to go with 20. <laughs> he's got, he's in a sea of four Penske cars. That's going to be really, really difficult to beat. He just took the cheap way out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, uh, okay. I did, Yeah, I said you can't say one in five. But well, if he literally he, thinks he, it's a 20% chance he, that Scott will do it. Tyler found the way to sneak around that rule yeah. by saying 20%, which I didn't say you couldn't say 20%. I just said you can't say one out of five. Jacob, uh, do better than that. Well, I'm going to surprise a whole lot of people because here's what I think you're going to learn Sunday at Sonoma. The old adage goes, you have to lose a championship before you can win a championship. And Scott Dixon is better than anybody else at getting inside people's heads. There's a reason they call him the Iceman. And I think he is going to play enough mind games. Joseph Newgarden will mess up. He will find a way to, I don't want to say write himself out of the championship, but something I feel is going to happen. I actually say 90%. I believe that strongly in Scott Dixon because the scenario is simple. All Scott has to do if they finish 1-2 or if none of the other championship contenders are really in contention is finish ahead of Joseph Newgarden to win this championship with the double points. Mm. And I believe Scott will do that. I say 90%. I'm going to go the opposite way entirely. Zero. Scott Whoa. Dixon is not going to win this title. It is going to be a Penske car. Uh, I just so you're telling me he can't beat Joseph Newgarden at Sonoma. I'm saying he's not going to win this championship. Elio Castroneves is going to do everything he needs to do, and he's going to walk away with this title. Well, 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 and that's, drop the that's... mic on that one there. Tom. <laughs> Elio would like back. to drop the mic on everybody. Sunday. <laughs> just Elio's got some serious motivation going on here because as of this moment, he's still fighting for a full season next year and trying to convince Roger Penske not to put him out to pasture in the sports cars yet. True. Well, all right, then. I think with that, we're about at the point where we get to say goodnight, Gracie. That's your favorite line, Something isn't like it? that. Something that was like George that. Burns' favorite line years ago. <laughs> well, 
We want to say thanks to Joe Marco and all the staff here at HMS Motorsport for having us out for the second of three safety seminars here at the Mooresville, North Carolina location. And thanks as well to Harrison Burton, Tyler Dayton, who is still sitting across the table. Thanks, Tyler, for sticking around with us. And to Roy and Stanley Hayes for coming out and joining us on this show tonight. So as we get ready to duck off the air, Mike Garrity, Megan Kolb, Three Wide Life, our social media partners, as well as Hunter Yancey, Behind the Glass, along with Joseph King, who have been producing tonight and making this show possible. So for Tom Baker, Hunter Smith, Rents Brown, Cisco Scaramuza, and all the staff at RaceChaserOnline.com, I'm Jacob Seal reminding you to keep it off the wall. We might just see you at the racetrack somewhere. Folks, have a safe racing weekend. Good night. You've been listening to The Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.